0: Hello, everyone. My name is Brian Tamburino.
1: And I'm Cassandra Schull.
0: Together, as members of Fuel, we bring you Fuelcast, the only young professionals podcast in Connecticut. Fuelcast is brought to you by the local networking group Fuel and the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce.
1: Today, we're here with Dory DiCarlo, local mom entrepreneur, uh, professional principal, CEO for Word of Mom Radio, and founder of Safety Bags. Dory, could you please say hello and tell us
2: a little bit about what you do? Hi, everybody. Um, well, as you said, I'm a mompreneur and I'm proud of it. Um, I started working from home in 1994 and finally moved to an office in 2017. So, big uh, change. But I still have a home office and I love that. And what we do, the Word of Mom Radio, um, kind of has evolved into the Word of Mom Media Network as we're getting ready to launch a TV show on ROCO, Apple TV, and Amazon mm-hmm. Fire this summer. And it's, it's awesome. exciting, you know, yeah, it really is. And, and for us, we primarily share women in business, wow. um, throughout, you know, everything that they do. We have a whole different segment format on Mondays. We focus on entertainment. So we do movies, music, and matinees. And this Monday we're actually, um, tracking a show going to Broadway called Super You the musical. So we- it's about the superhero within each one of us and finding that, finding, realizing that you are enough, you know, we're always looking to become better and we really are the best version of ourselves. Mm. You know, each day is, is growing into that person that we want to be, but it's learning to love and accept yourself for who you are, where you are, mm. you know, which I think for everybody is, quite arduous at times, you know, and uh, then Tuesdays, we do a business format, we do a social media help not hype show and um, deal with all kinds of online marketing, biocurrency, all kinds of things and Wednesdays, we have a mindful healthy habits and deal with parenting and authors. And then Thursday's our Mompreneur Model Show, where I primarily focus on women that are building their businesses from home and, you know, and breaking those myths that, you know, women working from home are dabbling in business, you know, in between bake sales and getting our nails done. You know, we're smart, we're savvy, we're finding the way to build a business and raise a family at the same time, you know. And then we finally started doing a Moms After Dark on the second Friday night of the month from 10 to midnight. And it's really fun. We kind of have a core group of women that call and then other people call in. We never know who's going to be on. There's no script. There's no topic. It's just whatever happens that night. How large a following do you have we've hit, We for that Friday have, night? Uh, you know what? Not a clue at this point. Really? You know, It's building because we just started doing it. Um, we're hitting, we've almost hit 100,000 downloads. Wow. So, you know, it's... Little by slow. And it depend you know how it is. It depends on the guest. Yeah. You know, I've had guests that have had three thousand downloads. I've had guests that have had thirty. Yeah. You know, it really depends on who it is and and how well they promote. Hmm. You know, and I think a lot of times people don't realize that. It's like, oh yeah, I got that I had this great interview. But they do nothing with it. They Mm -hmm. don't put it up. They don't put the links up. They don't promote the fact that they're going to be on a show and things like that. So it's, it's educating them in that way as well.
0: Hmm. You know, everyone promote this. (laughs) How did you, um, how'd you come up with the idea for the radio show?
2: Well, actually, it goes back a long time ago. I was on Twitter with these two other women, Debbie Barth and Linda Alexander, and we were tweeting together and we decided to get a phone call together and we would get a weekly phone call. We were just so funny. We were like, you know, we should be on the radio. And so we started doing this show called The Three Wise Girls. And we took turns. Who was the host? Who was the producer? Who was in the chat room? And we kind of did a rotating format. And I did a two-part segment on mompreneurs, women like me, building businesses from home. And after the second segment, Linda called me and was like, you know, you found a niche. You just found that place where you have a passion and I think you should go for it. And so for a while, I was doing both shows. And then I realized I was splitting my focus. If I was going to do anything, I am definitely from that mindset that if I'm going to work this hard, I'm going to work this hard for me. Mm. So that's how Word of Mom was born and Word of Mom Radio. And it's kind of just morphed itself throughout all these years. I did Word of Mom for three years, and then I was traveling for a year and just promoting archives, came back, branded it Word of Mom Radio. And now it's branding, branding is morphing to the media network now that we're encompassing uh, TV as well. And now adding marketing aspects of things and, you know, looking to do some webinars and helping people with their branding, helping people l- realize that consistency when you are trying to brand yourself, you know, uh, the woman who hosts our social media help not hype show, Janice Clark uh, was like, you know, as a gift, I want to give you a new banner. You know, really want to make something great for Word of Mom. I was like, that's fabulous. Here's our colors. Here's our font. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have branded these colors and font for 11 years. Yeah. You know, I do not want to come out. I appreciate you want to do something else, but it still has to have this. Yes. In it. Agreed. You know, Dr. Pepper. I couldn't believe it. You know, I don't understand why companies do that. I went to get a Dr. Pepper, which I never drink soda, but I was in the mood couldn't find one. And I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm, it's, I was a comfy, and I'm like, they changed their logo. Really? I'm like, why? They haven't done that in forever. Would they change their logo? Dr. Pepper's been around since like the twenties or it's 30s the I brownish think brownish red can with the cursive Dr. The, Pepper yeah. writing. Uh, is the, Not is is the anymore? can still brown? I, you know what? It was in a bottle, but it was, st- it was just a different, you know, Whole thing, so uh, I don't know if it was just. A, i gonna Google like yes. a, a <laughs> yeah, it. different, um, you know, like a commemorative thing or something, yeah. or something. But I was just like, why would a company do that? You know, I I, I never understand that. Mm. And if you're gonna do it, like Dunkin' Donuts, I mean, you know, they but they've stayed in their colors, they've stayed in their font, mm-hmm. they've just you know gone from Dunkin' Donut to DD. You know, but it still stayed where when you see that you know who it is. Yeah. yeah, you
1: know, Dr. Pepper has a new dark berry flavor apparently, and a blue can. It's a new flavor, so that might be where they're okay. the, the the rebranding. Yeah, the, but their whole logo and everything still a little different. It's called the Spider Man. Oh flavor so maybe it's to
0: promote that's the great. Movie. next spider-man movie <laughs> i'm fine with that there you go good job dr pepper
1: <laughs> <laughs> but i've found a lot too it's very interesting that you say that you don't understand my brands do that but maybe someone 20 years ago thought we're going to do this brand for x amount of years and then in 20 years then we'll change it and then in 20 years we're going to do a throwback and now like so pepsi and coke they do a throwback you know, they say, "Okay, get the, the exact same Pepsi you got 20 years ago, yeah. and they just slap the old logo on it, but it's probably the same exact Pepsi you've been drinking for the last 20 years." Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just it's a marketing thing.
2: But I guess if you're big enough, you can do that because people know who you are. Sure.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, yeah, like, hey, what do we care? Once yeah. you
0: hit 500,000 downloads, you can change it.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, in addition to the the uh, radio show and the television. You have, uh, you're also the owner of Safety Bags. Tell us a bit about that.
2: Well, Safety Bags is a line of clear bags and backpacks and sports and travel bags that uh, deal with issues going on in schools, offices, airports, for retail employees, correctional facilities, public venues, and sports arenas. Because mm. both pro and college sports have a clear bag policy. Anything larger than the palm of your hand really? has to be clear. So with that in mind, and because my background's in marketing, sadly, people are more concerned about what goes into a ballgame than what goes into your school. So I spent years trying to break into the schools and and everything else. And I looked at the marketplace and I took our mini messenger bag, which is like a crossbody bag, and our mini backpack, did a little teeny bit of retooling on it and launched stadiumbags.com. And I always felt that if we did the stadium bags right, it would shine the light on our school bags. And it's kind of what happened. Really? Yeah. People kept saying to us, oh, you got to go to Shark Tank. You got to go to Shark Tank. And um, we actually launched in March of 2017 or 2016. And um, Amazon came and met with us. And I'm like, why would I want to sell our bags on Amazon? There are hundreds of clear bags on Amazon. And they were like, oh, anybody can sell on Amazon you're the only clear bags Amazon sells. Oh. It's like, oh, that's what I said for right? Yeah, that's like, great. Oh, okay. And what I did, what we did with this was we used Amazon to leverage our brand, mm-hmm. to build the brand, to build the name. Once we trademarked, we actually have an Amazon store. So it's amazon.com forward slash safety bags, the clear choice, which is our trademark. Mm-hmm. And it goes right to our store which is, I don't know if you've ever seen an Amazon store. It's really cool. It's almost like a high gloss magazine kind of a thing. (laughs) And they've uh, launched us in Europe. Really? In Italy, UK. Yes, we're in Italy, the UK, Germany, France, and Spain. How does Prime shipping work overseas? When you're within those countries, then Prime is the regular way that it is. And then they service 23 other countries. So it just takes a little bit longer for the shipping um, to happen. Uh, but it's so so we wound up winning family the Family Choice Awards from Family Magazine. Actually in 2016, 17, 18 and nineteen, so it's four years in a row. Wow. That we won. We actually won with a perfect score, one ten out of one ten from all twelve judges. Wow. So it just kind of grandfathers. Congratulations. Um, thank you. It was very cool. But then going back to the Shark Tank thing, everybody was you know, and we launched on Amazon June third, it was the funniest thing ever. And June 7th, I get a call from Kevin Harrington's office, who's the original shark from Shark Tank and the guy behind As Seen on TV. And they were interested in setting up a call for a media spot. So I get a call the next day from this woman, Mindy, who is their um, director of new product development. And I sent down samples. And the following week, their VP of product development called. And she was like, I have two questions what kind of material is this? And I, you know, it's a five mil 20 gauge temperature treated PVC vinyl, mm-hmm. anything thicker and it would crack. And she was like, what are your manufacturing capabilities? I was like, we can do a million pieces in six months. They had been looking for clear bags and rejected all of these bags. Cause their quality control is very stringent now with all of that. And so we wound up a week later, I'm on the phone with the president of the company and he's like, why are not these in the schools? And I was like, let's dial it back to what we have. And we wound up doing a commercial with Kevin Harrington. Wow. And, and it's so funny, because believe me, the money that I paid was literally for the first 10 seconds of him going, hey, sports fans, Kevin Harrington here. <laughs> here. <It helped> Shark, <laughs> Shark tank. Take the hassle out of going to the game with the clear bag and backpack from stadium bags. That's all I cared about, <laughs> was just being able to have that. And Again, so many people pay all this money for these commercials and after they air 150 or 200 times on TV, you people think, oh, I'm going to make all my money back. I'm going to make your money back. People need to see things 200,000 times for you to make your money back. It's what you do with it afterwards. Mm. And I literally put it up on Facebook for a dollar a day for 21 days, over 27,000 views. But day two the producer from worldwide business with Kathy Ireland called us and day 18, good morning America called us, Wow! you know, so Kevin actually had them do a blog and an interview because he was like, she needs to teach people how to aftermarket this commercial, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's really what it boils down to. It's what you're going to do with it afterwards, you know? So we kind of just parlayed it into a bunch of different things and, Different interviews and different magazines and all kinds of advertising, you know, for the stadium bags. And now, sadly, because of everything going on in this country and the fact that, you know, since Columbine, there's been 288 school shootings.
3: Mm.
2: You know, I started designing these bags after Columbine. Oh, yeah. One school shooting was enough for me. Wow. Wow but timing in the marketplace is everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why so many businesses fail
3: because
2: mm. we just don't hold on. You know, it's it, it just gets too hard. It really does. And that's actually what happened with me. I went a closing my business, started a radio show, started this, started that, but I never gave up on this. So I relaunched it, rebranded it, retooled it and same product, you know, different name, different this, different that. And now, you know, have hit the marketplace. But that's all, you know, tenacity mm-hmm. is is the biggest key to any kind of success with business. Because you look, we were just talking about Dr. Pepper. How many times that company failed? How many times Coca-Cola, all of these companies, how many Fortune 500 and 100 companies went bankrupt? Two or three times, but somebody had the vision to keep it going. Mm-hmm. somebody was like, you know what? We've got something here. We just have to figure out how to get it in. And that's what we did. We just hung out long enough. That's
0: a great personal quality to have too, right? Outside of business as well. There's too many times that I thought to myself in any situation, like, eh, just give up, right? But the, the fact to hang in there, even even as a consultant, um, people, have, people have said to me in the beginning, like, it's never going to work what you're marketing yourself as will never work. I was like, eh. and it was, other people said like, you don't listen to anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't, you don't take anyone's advice. And I think to myself, like, because this guy doesn't see my vision. This woman doesn't appreciate what I do and they don't really understand it. You know, still hang in there. I'm fine now. I don't need to listen. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. I'm happy that I didn't listen. Tenacity is a great quality to have, I believe, for anyone in any situation.
2: See, but you know what? Here's the thing. You did listen. You just didn't agree. And sometimes people telling you you can't do something mm. is the fuel that makes you happen Agreed. because, you know, I I was director of theater in a college and when we did Into the Woods, the president of the college actually told me I bit off more than I could chew and his son actually said to me, I can't wait to see you fail. And you were like, that guy. I was (laughs) like, thank you very much for ensuring that I'll have, because it was the first show I ever did that no one from the college was involved with. Usually the president or the musical, the head of the music department was the musical director. I hired an outside musical director. I used nothing but the student musicians and, you know, small band I had a campus-based community theater, so we cast on campus first, and then I outreached to the semi-professional people that I knew in the area. We wound up making four times my budget for the show. And the president of the college in the first faculty, the faculty-staff meeting that they had, started with, I owe a public apology. Yeah, bury your head in the sand. And he didn't say it in front of people. He just said it to me. And my favorite was his son walking across the campus. And he was like, so crow is a horrible thing to eat and shook my hand. And (laughs) I I mean, it was just, I can't, but those words. For many people, when your boss is telling you that you are going to fail, those words hit your head and it's like, oh, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail. For me, it was like, first of all, I knew I wasn't going to fail because mm-hmm. I knew the talent that I had and I know what my capabilities are. Yeah. But it was, it was my absolute fuel to make sure that this was the best show they ever had on that campus.
0: By the way, we just found a reason that fuel can <laughs> be called fuel now that we did we didn't really have a reason before, but now it's the absolute, absolute fuel. So I'm going to see if not, <laughs> will Put that as our slogan, Um, but yeah, no, I I (laughs) completely agree.
1: I I love that. I mean, I I once. I I worked at a very prominent golf course in the state of Connecticut and I'd worked there for two years and six months in, I I mean, I was doing a great job. My boss never really had any critique to give me just, you're doing a great job. You're doing well. You're doing better than we were doing before. And then I got my six month review and it was just this complete nightmare of just like, you could work better on this, 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 and this. And I left mortified that day. I cried. I went into my boss and I was like, I don't get it. I was like, you're always telling me I'm doing well. You're telling me I'm doing good enough, blah, 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 blah. And we had our discussion and we went in and we talked and he just said, he said, I didn't write these things because I wanted you to think that you were failing or doing horrible. He said, I wanted to write these things because I wanted to motivate you to do better. He's like, these things aren't typical, you know, you're doing horrible in your job things. He's like, it's, it's once in a while we need to just double, double check everything and make sure we're grammatically spelling things correctly or our links in the email blast are a little bit here or there. And that's something I take now with all my marketing that I do that I remember because he was one of those people who was in his own way was very passive of, you know, he's a business development guy. So he knew how to make everybody work a little bit harder or get that sale. Um, And it's something that I really appreciate. And, And after that experience, I realized that most of my whole life was built off of well, you do this, you were supposed to, you know, with my parents or people who I know or motivate me, it was, you did something wrong. And I know that's wrong. So I'm not going to do the same thing. And that in its own way, kind of built and motivated me as who I am. So that's still very similar of, you know, you can't do this, you're doing wrong, or, you know, you're not going to be able to make it. I think a lot of people forget that aspect when they're growing or um, envisioning their future—that you know—it's a lot of the you can't do this—that
2: motivates them more than the hey, you're doing a great job, pat on the back, like cool, thanks. But well, it's parenting. It's it's you know with your children, kids know like when they've made you a picture, they know if they've put a lot of effort into it or if they've just scribbled something. So if every time they give you something, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful, they they know.
3: As appo-
2: yeah, as opposed to wow, I like the color that you picked. Mm. Or this is really cool. Or so what made you think of this shape and things like that and engaging them in it and realizing that, you know, that continuous praise of, you know, it's what's going on now where everybody gets a participation trophy Mm -hmm. and this and that. Kids have to learn that they can lose. Yes. They have to learn that that you win and you lose. There's there's a a first place winner for a reason, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're playing, you know, you're in softball and stuff like that or baseball. And yes, should everybody get a little ribbon for participating and that you've made the team and everything else? Sure. Encourage them. But but. They have to learn. But, when I was in know?
0: elementary school, I played bitty basketball, some some type of basketball league, right? And I was horrible. I was very overweight. I was slow. I couldn't run laps with the kids. I couldn't make a shot for my life. I couldn't hit the, the rim from the free throw line. And I was like in second, third grade, right? Horrible basketball player. I knew I was horrible. I felt very bad about myself for being horrible. I never wanted to go to practice or any games because I told my mom, I suck. And my family made me go because they thought that by making me go, they'd motivate me. But really, I just felt like shit. And then at the end of the season, they give everybody a ribbon. I didn't want the ribbon. I said, why do I need this ribbon? I didn't win any games. I sat on the bench and got upset because I couldn't make a free throw. You know what I'm saying? There's not always that necessarily recognition of the
1: progression over a few years. And it's just, you know, maybe that recognition has always sort of been there when we were younger. It's just, it's a much bigger deal now. I think than when you were younger, like they stopped the whole day and they're like, let's have this huge, big assembly. Everyone's going to come out, take pictures, praise them. And for the kids who maybe don't always behave well or don't, you know, the younger kids who can't always keep their hands to the cell or emotionally are not on the same level as a kid who's a year, maybe a year and a half older in the mm-hmm. same exact class. They see it as I'm not good enough. And it's it's sometimes it's more detrimental, I found, to a child's growth than beneficial.
0: We need to uh, give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Uh, first, I'm going to start with Circuit Breakers New- Sales New England. Circuit Breaker Circuit Breaker Sales New England offers available stock for virtually any circuit breaker made from 1940 to the present, uh, with one of the most expensive, ex- extensive—not expensive—inventories of parts for most breaker manufacturers, as well as the ability to solve obsolete part issues. And now we're going to wrap it up. Stay tuned for part two, Um, follow us. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next time for more fun and insightful interviews with an array of established guests. Please subscribe to our show and find out more about Fuel at FuelTheValley.com and on our Facebook page.
1: thank you again to our sponsors, Circuit Breaker Sales, New England, Peralta Design, People's United Bank, Gary's East Coast Service um, for sponsoring Fuel the Young Professionals as well as our membership incentives. Um, and thank you to the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce for helping get this group started um, with everything that we do, specifically our podcast as well that we are up and starting. Um, for those of you looking to get more involved with Fuel, We'll um, hear more from speakers like Dr. Monaco. You can learn more about fuel at fuelthevalley.com. Follow us on our social media sites and find us at some of our upcoming events.
2: This podcast was produced in cooperation with Running Brook Productions, LLC.
1: The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the staff, management, sponsors, or the Greater Valley Chamber of Commerce.